Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti slut shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> Bonjour, fuckers. Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It is the anti-slut-shaming podcast. I'm Mm. Corinne. I'm Christina. And today's episode is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time, even if you're Stephen Penta sitting in a bedroom. Can't imagine fitting another appointment in your life? Zoinks! Well, Talkspace therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a text message. No commutes, no leaving the office, no judgments. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash GWF and use code GWF to get 30 bucks off your first month and to show your support for this show. That's GWF at Talkspace.com slash GWF. Come see us live. Tonight, I swear to fucking God, we're in New Jersey, Hasbrook Heights at the Bananas Comedy Club. And if you don't fucking come, we have two shows. I'll fucking tell your mom that she smells. And we also have two shows tomorrow night, Saturday. So be there. Oh, my favorite thing is when people do Jersey accents. <laughs> uh, okay, Denver, Colorado. We're going to be at Comedy Works March 15th through the 17th. I love Colorado. We're going to be there. I love weed and Colorado as well. Christina loves weed. Love it so much. It's going to be exciting. That club is phenomenal. And then Charlotte, North Carolina. You've been begging us to come. And oh my God, we are coming to the Comedy Zone. March 22nd (laughs) through the 24th. For all these things, uh, tickets are available at uh, sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com slash tours. Please buy tickets. And maybe don't wait till the day before because it gives us a fucking heart attack. Yeah. And then we think... uh, um, that we can't go. Um, and we always post about new dates and locations on our social media. So go ahead and give us a follow. Uh, our duo account is called Sorry About Last Night on all platforms. It's SRY About Last NYT on uh, Twitter. I'm Philanthropy Gal on all social media platforms. I'm Christina Hutch with two Y's because <laughs> suck it. Uh, and then on Monday, uh, April 2nd, 2018, uh, Rosebud Baker, who you've heard on the podcast before, and I are coming out with a podcast called Two Less Lonely Girls. And if you're thinking to yourself, hmm, that sounds like a Justin Bieber song. It's because it kind of is, but ding, we just ding, ding. added another girl. That's right. What the podcast market was looking for. A 30-minute podcast that's uh, two grown women unironically talking about their love of Justin Bieber. Not for you. Well, it's probably not going to be for a lot of people, uh, but you probably know one person in your life who this is going to be for. Rosebud Baker and I have a lot of pop culture knowledge and we're going to be sharing it. The world is not in great shape right now and possibly Justin Bieber can save us all. So stay tuned for that. And it's great because it's a podcast and you can listen to it in your me undies. Mm. It's much, but that's what I love about podcasting. You can do it in your me undies. You can do it with your dick out. You can listen to it in your me undies. Uh, me undies are the best underwear you will ever own. Uh, Christine and I both own multiple pairs. I'm sitting in them right now. Uh, they are very, very comfortable. They're made from a sustainably sourced, naturally soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton. Me undies will be the most comfortable pair of underwear you own. They, they are the ultimate feel-good undies for when you want to feel naked but not actually be naked. 
ladies. They come, yeah. <laughs> they come in tons of different colors and styles, including solids and lace, boy short, bikini and thong, something for everyone and every occasion. That's actually my favorite thing about MeUndies. I fucking hate that when you're an adult, all of a sudden, everything has to become boring. And they have new patterns that they introduce. They do... Um, special mix-ups uh with artists and they have like featured uh underwear of the month i think it's so interesting like why does life have to be boring when you're an adult it absolutely doesn't fellas yeah. the, the diamond seamed pouch <laughs> gives your stuff the support oh, it needs shit. without feeling My too tight dick. and i gotta tell you it does make your dick look phenomenal like i don't i never thought i would th- say to my boyfriend, your dick looks phenomenal. But I said that to James when Whilst he was covered in me undies. His me undies. It looked nice. really good. He has a nice dick, but I, mean, I wouldn't. Dick. I wouldn't say that to him normally. Uh, me undies is so sure you will oh, love their I'm underwear. They offer a one hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love your first pair, get a full refund. Right now, guys, we fucked listeners will get twenty percent off your first pair and free shipping. It's a no-brainer, guys. 20% off, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. What are you waiting for? To get your 20% off, free shipping, and the 100% satisfaction guarantee, and get the best and softest underwear you will ever own, go to meundies.com slash GWF. That's meundies.com slash GWF. It's a limited time offer. Start wearing the best underwear of your life. And cooking the best meals you've ever eaten before yes guys it's my dad's best friend and mine and soon to be yours if it's not already blue apron is the leading meal kit delivery service in the united states of america well so many people know what blue apron does many don't know about the types of meals that you eat when you cook with blue apron like quick bucatini with broccoli and pecorino cheese and italian style shrimp and sweet peppers is your mouth watering mine is Uh, With incredible ingredients and chef-designed recipes, Blue Apron lets you see what the power of food can do. Uh, Blue Apron delivers fresh, pre-portioned ingredients with step-by-step recipe cards right to your door. Those recipe cards also have photos, which for me... Uh, is very helpful. That can be all cooked, these meals, under 45 minutes. Uh, The menu changes every week based on what's in season and is designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. They offer 12 new recipes every week. Customers can pick two, three, or four recipes based on what fits their schedule. Um, Blue Apron sends only non-GMO ingredients and uh, meat with no added hormones. It's really exciting. And then if you go in, see a little Blue Apron dashboard, you can cancel uh, um, one meal for a week if you're going to be out of town and then you could resume the next week. You could change the recipe to another recipe uh, if you don't like what they're about to send you. Uh, I don't eat pork or beef, so you just click I don't eat pork or beef on their dashboard and they don't send you pork or beef. It's really fucking cool. It's fresh. It just feels so much better to eat fresh food and it also feels better when you fucking cooked it and you didn't think you would ever be able to make um you know italian style shrimp and sweet pepper um so yeah it's really fucking fun blue apron is treating guys we fucked listeners to 30 dollars off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash gwf so check out this week's menu and get 30 bucks off at blueapron.com slash gwf blue apron a better way to cook
Oh my gosh. I'm so excited uh, to be getting Blue Apron again because I've been watching uh, on Netflix the show Ugly Delicious. I know you don't like cooking shows. Oh no, but... I actually uh, scrolled over that thumbnail and debated watching the pizza episode. I'm obsessed with this show so much so that I actually went to one of Dave Chang, um, who's the creator of Momofuku. I went to one of his restaurants. <gasps> oh, now I want Momofuku Milk Bar. I went to Momofuku Nishi and Momofuku Milk Bar yesterday. <gasps> we did. And... Did you get the cereal milk? No, there. I got a baby quick which is what's that it's a they're doing like new like quakes i mean it's kind of like a it's like a nod to uh dairy queen i would say whoa like a like a momofuku it basically um, tasted it tasted like uh like a cake batter (gasps) with sprinkles in it wow it was fantastic Mm. uh because i like the cereal milk but not as much as you do it's a little tart for me okay i like the tart i don't mind it but i'm not always in the mood for it like sometimes after a meal i just want pure sweet not tart tart yeah alone if it's a snack uh but we had just eaten a lot of uh weird pastas and i fuck it it just like i love this show because i love specifically chefs talking about food because they love food as much as i do yeah like a lot of times in my life i'm like should i have been a chef i feel like i would not like food in the way i do if i had become a chef because it's a very stressful occupation yeah um and you get burned a lot your arms are like all burned but i basically just want to be friends with celebrity chefs i have one celebrity chef friend and i'm working oh, you on do others. you do too well i mean i talked to him <laughs> justin warner yeah oh yeah uh i forget I, he's a chef and he not just uh you know evaluate snacks i am obs- i am just obsessed with uh cooking and people who are passionate and i kind of want to start traveling the world and looking into cuisine so also i wanted to specifically ask since we have a lot of different people who listen to the podcast if you're Oh, like a chef in New York City and you would let me come and just like watch what you do for a day. I'm being I won't be annoying. I don't honestly talk that much in real life. It's true. She doesn't. If you just if I can just like shadow you for a day, it would really make my life like I'm trying to ask you about that. I should ask Jeff about that. I'm trying to create like a real Mr. Rogers neighborhood experience for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But like if you are like a sous chef at a restaurant or something, I'm complete. I'm obsessed and I do want to open a restaurant one day. Um. Which I know is very of a huge financial risk, dude. You should talk to Jeff. <laughs> but I really, really, well, I do. I always talk to him when I when He's I when so, we're together. He made me appreciate food. He's taught me how to cook so many fancy things, yeah. and I'm like, oh. Well, because my love of food, like, I mean, there were some times when they were talking about food and I was like going to cry. Like, I feel so passionately about food yeah. and, and cooking it. And that's why I'm like, I have to start cooking again because just because I don't have a lot of time, like I, I like doing it and or just like you having simple recipes or like having dinner parties or something. Yeah. Like, I'm just so I just love food and learning about and they were traveling to Mexico and Italy mm. and just like kind of using local goods. And I'm like, it makes me so sad that we are not a more market based culture in America like where you go and get fresh food every day and it's like especially like being a young woman in the entertainment business like so much time is spent like dieting and I'm like I'm trying to like push it more to like just eating really eating fresh. fresh foods. Yeah. Because it's like when I talk about like when I went to Israel, like, you know, it just I was eating so much food, but it's cleaner. And then yeah. you just think like, what the fuck am I putting in my body? I know. In America, which is you a, know, a lot of bullshit chemical. Just shit. a lot of bad stuff. Yup. But that's why I got a quiche from Whole Foods the other day, you know, but I should just made, have made the quiche myself. But well, sometimes you someone need to buy a quiche, girl. Someone made it. <laughs> Okay, we're going to read some emails. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you could do it but, uh, by sending it to sorry about last night's show 
at gmail.com. The subject line of this email is, help, my brother is 14 and a womanizer. Uh-oh. Hey, ladies, love the podcast. My brother is 14 and really comes, uh, really come to terms with his sexuality. He was always a very sweet boy and we got along so well. Recently, he moved schools and we barely talk anymore. I figured it was a puberty thing and we would pick up again once he caught up with me. Uh, my phone died recently and I have been using an old phone of his in the meantime, which his Instagram is logged in on. Uh, this is the main messaging platform that his friends use. I began to find myself getting messages popping up from girls. He is very secretive about any relationships, as was I. Uh, it's not something we uh, really talk about. So, of course, I got curious and I knew I shouldn't have looked, but I did. I quickly found that my brother was a horrible human being. He was talking to about five girls at once, all talking about the same thing. He would out of nowhere ask these girls bra size. Have you lost your virginity? Asking for nudes, sending dick pics, slut shaming. I could go on. Basically completely taking advantage of the fact that he is sporty and popular and attractive and has many admirers who just want a little attention. This really upsets me and goes against everything I stand for. I know this isn't really who he is, but I can't get over what he's doing. If I confront him and tell him his, that his behavior is not okay, I fear he will lose all trust in me and our relationship will never be the same, which is very important to me. If I I do nothing he will keep up this disgusting act and maybe never uh never stop part of me thinks it may just be hormones and he will quit once he matures i'm so shocked and upset what would you do in my situation how old is that girl again um i don't did she say oh i don't know i don't think she does i was thinking about brother. food no. for the first couple sentences no so i, I had to redirect yeah. my he's 14 <laughs> it's okay no i know that part yeah um but it doesn't say how huh. old he she is but um you definitely should talk to him he's not a bad person mm -hmm. he clearly learned to behave like this and it's he seems to be in the beginning stages of acting like a douchebag to be honest, a lot of kids, when I was 14, a lot of the guys, a lot of the guys were really sweet. And then most of them are douchebags. And I, and I, you know, a lot of girls are douchebags too. And I feel like that's a, you know, when you're 14, you're kind of finding your, your footing with how to talk to the opposite sex or the sex that you're attracted to. So I think having a conversation with him, but not berating him about it, just, I would just say, Hey, these messages, uh, have been popping up on my phone because they're private Instagram messages. And I saw, and and then I just, and I, I looked at it and it was, you were kind of saying these vulgar things to these women, like, what do you, does that, has that been working for you? Uh, that's what I would ask, honestly. Right, right. Um, because I wouldn't say like, you're a terrible piece of shit. Then he's going to put a wall, but he's not going to talk to you because he's probably going to be maybe a little embarrassed that you were looking at his private messages, which I understand. Um, but I, I would bring it up that way and just say it popped up on the phone. Cause whatever you, you snooped, I guess, but uh, you know, that's not going to change, but I still would bring it up to him in a more conversational manner. Right. I agree that you should talk to him about it. I would, my opinion, I would approach it a little bit differently just because I am, I, if someone looked at my shit, I would flip out. And I feel like uh, teens are really sensitive about snooping. Yeah. So, and I also, I, I did a lot of research on snooping for the book. Um, and so it's, they kind of make the argument, like a lot of psychologists say like, well, if you, it's really hard to win an argument um, with someone, even if you're correct, if you snooped to yeah. get the information because it's there true. is that breach of trust there. So, I mean, this is what I do. And I've done this with actually adults um, in my life. Not that I snoop on but just instead of having a direct conversation with them we're like why the fuck did you do that because i did, wasn't sure how they would react kind of like creating a false scenario like uh with a friend or something like oh my friend uh you know said this uh to a woman in front of me and i was really it really 
I was really insulted by it. Um, and I hope that you wouldn't talk to women like that or something like make up a fake scenario or a fake Ask friend if he's dating and say, yeah. how's it going? How do you talk to women? Because, you know, right. you could even blame the news in the age of the yeah. Me Too era. You know, you're my little brother and I care about you. And I'm just curious, like, what is your approach usually with women? Yeah. Something like so that. when I was 14, guys were dicks to me and blah, 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 you know? Yeah. With that. And kind of just like how appropriate ways is to talk to a woman or just like asking him questions and kind of like leading him into conversations and, and going around like you can you can address what you need to address without addressing it head on, which is sometimes hard. It seems like he's obviously pretty insecure if he's talking to people in that manner. Yeah. Um, and and so everybody's insecure at that age. Too. It's a just lot hard to respond um, to like a direct confrontation. Uh, and while we're dealing with men let's deal with this um this next email says Dicks. help is it still sexual assault if he's gay well let's see it certainly can be uh hey girls thanks for taking the time to read this first off love the podcast i listen to you guys on my commutes to and from work and it really helps me get through my shifts so i am a 23 year old college graduate working a shitty waitress job at a high-end resort one of my managers consistently gropes me grabs my boobs pokes Whoa. my ass, oh. bites my ear. Okay. I always say stop, but in a polite tone. Ugh, of course, because you're training wow. a woman to do so. Fucking bite my ear and punch you in the dick. Uh, I just want to do my job and go home. The less drama and confrontation, the better. The catch is that he's gay. Uh, after mentioning it to my boyfriend, he immediately told me to go to HR. I put it off for a while because I didn't know if it was as big of a deal as my boyfriend thought because of my manager's sexuality. But eventually I went to HR. They seemed to take it seriously and said they were glad I came in and uh, knew how much courage that it took. That was a good response of them. Uh, however, the groping has not stopped at all. Wow. There was not even a lull. Everyone around me is telling me to go to the head of the company, call the cops, etc. I'm call not sure cops. what I should do next. Due to the fact that he is homosexual and I heterosexual, I feel it's not exactly sexual harassment or assault. It truly Wrong. makes me feel uncomfortable and distracted at work. However, I am also going to be leaving that job in a month because I am moving. People are also encouraging me to take more action so that it does not continue for others at this workplace as well. I would really like your thoughts on this. Uh, any suggestions either of you have? I'm stuck and not sure what my next step in this situation should be. Much love and thanks. Vic, you can use my name. Okay. That's still assault. Yeah, 100%. So I think there's a, a confusion that assault always has to be like like that the person is romantically interested in you. But it's basically like it can just be like someone touching a part of your body that you do not want them touching. It can be like I'm a straight woman. It can be a woman touching me. It could be a gay man touching me. It can be a lesbian touching me. It can be a straight man touching me. It can be an asexual person touching me. Like it could be it could be a dog. Anyone. I mean, you know, you can't really do much. But. <laughs> well, that I mean, if that's actually there's been cases where if someone Someone, like if someone has a dog and they consistently let the dog like grope someone's vagina, that is actually considered sexual assault. Really? Because you're in control of your fucking dog. Yeah, that's true. Like you can tell your dog to stop and like people really do get sexual arousal off off of like having a dog constantly sniff like a woman's vagina. Dogs always Which sniff dogs pussies. love vaginas. They yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and he's thinking, <laughs> and he's thinking, they like, I mean, that's true, but it's also like the scent of their owner. Any hole. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I wanted to kind of talk about this because there's been a lot of uh, situations um, on the internet recently where like gay men um, have been like mansplaining feminism wow. uh, oh, God. or thinking that because they are also an oppressed group and in many cases, you know, in many instances more oppressed than a straight woman uh -huh. uh, that they somehow uh, have more say in things um, regarding to feminism, like, you know, 
uh, inclusiveness and, uh, you know, and just big statements on like, even like, uh, if you're, you're a gay man, like I have more to say about like trans women being included in feminism and like all this stuff. It's, ah. it's very muddy. Um, but uh, gay men are still men. True. And they are still treated for the most part obviously there's like super flamboyant people who you yes. know kind of always uh, treated it as outcasts but in my experience you know i've definitely been um mansplained by gay men like a yeah. lot and there is still kind of an air of like because i am a man i am more important that i don't even know if gay men realize it but i think yeah. it's such an interesting um area of feminism and mansplaining and like male superiority that's not often talked about because they are an oppressed group but I'm like well I fucking love gay people so I'm gonna shout it out from yeah. a rooftop yeah <laughs> because it's something that I experience uh, a lot and it's just as fucking equally annoying yeah it really no one is. wants to be talked down to like no. they're fucking idiot yeah I still especially in, in, in uh, subjects that they know about very well right like <laughs> yeah I mean to, to, just like I mean to have some some fucking like YouTube makeup artist, which I don't want to talk down about that, whatever, you know, you're bringing joy to people's lives. Hey, I've watched some of them and had me to do too. an eyeliner thing. But to have someone kind of uh, go back at me about feminism, something that I've literally dedicated the past four plus years of my life to, yeah. who doesn't know about it and is not, I don't care how feminine presenting or acting or it's a person who identified as a man and to tell me about feminism the made fuck me out of my face. fucking punch him in the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you can ask absolutely still mansplain you can act absolutely still sexual assault, sexually assault a straight woman if you're a gay man and i know that a lot of like straight women kind of like uh walk on uh eggshells around that but i mean there was that pretty uh famous incident where i believe it was isaac mizrahi grabbed Kathy oh, Griffin's the tits. Breast. It was Isaac Mizrahi, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And um, he grabbed Kathy Griffin's tits. And I and I remember how proud of her I was that she fucking said something. Because, you know, a, again, a huge advocate to the uh, LGBTQ community, Kathy yeah. Griffin. But she was like, no, I don't care if he's gay. He don't does grab not my tits. own my body. You cannot touch someone else's fucking body yeah. like that. No matter if, even if you're not, if it's not the gender that you're sexually attracted Did to. Did she say in this email that she told the guy to stop? Um, not that that's whatever I'm just right it seems like she might not have because I would have said oh you knock it the fuck off right now she did I think she said said it politely and I think that's the problem Mm -hmm. but it's also like you know you shouldn't have to yell something at someone but I mean my uh, she I think she should definitely keep on it uh keep on HR especially because you're leaving in a month like when you're leaving in a month that's to me doesn't say be quiet that says be louder yeah my advice honestly in this situation is fucking embarrass him Embarrass oh, him loudly 100%. in front of others yeah. because sometimes that's the best tactic. You just grabbed my breast. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Not going to do that again. Yeah. And it, I, God damn, I've never had, I mean, having a gay male friend is it's, I feel like a, a, most times I feel safer with gay men versus a straight man. Just sure. I'm like, they're not going to try to do anything weird. And then a lot, it is this weird, like yeah. freedom thing of like, you can touch my body and it's fine. But right. like when you consent to it and it's obviously okay. Like I've actually had right. discussions with gay men of like, yeah, you could touch my boob. I don't care. Right. And then they did. And it was fine. And it was like, oh, this is weird to have a man touch me like that. And it's not, it's not violating. It's not. And I gave the okay. And it's not sexual and it's not weird. It's just like, oh, this can happen. And it's fine. And it is this interesting little facet of like, it's weird to have be, feel that way with a man and it's cool and it's great. 
but he's your fucking manager or whatever where you work and he's doing that at your work. No, that's not your friend. Mm-hmm. Tell him to back the fuck off right now. Yeah. And if he doesn't, you will make it very vocally clear, very loudly every time he touches you inappropriately. Biting your ear? Get the fuck out of my face with that shit. Right. Yeah. Bite my fucking ear. Right. Bite and I mean, fucking and it also goes both ways. There's life. certainly a lot of a lot of instances where, you know, women, young women are kind of notoriously uh, <laughs> annoying at gay bars. And so just the, sa- True. Just the same way as, you know, some are, some are. You don't want a uh, a gay man um, because he is still a man and or just still someone you don't want touching your body, touching your yeah. body. Like you also like can't go into a gay club and like grow people's dicks. So I just want to also throw that yes, out yes, there yes, too yes, because yes. that's also a common just problem. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. it's, like, it goes both ways. And yeah, just like se- someone's sexual orientation does not give them the ye- the thumbs up or thumbs down and touching a body. It's just it's, it's still your body. You own it. And only people you want touching it who have been given explicit consent to do so yeah. may do so. And you shouldn't feel bad or weird just because someone is, you know, quote unquote, you know, less threatening because they are not interested in your gender. And that is that. Our guest. Wow, you guys. I'm very excited. Very excited for this guest yes. this week. Oh, uh, as, as we always thrilling. are. But like, this is a person that I've been wanting to talk to. And I know, Corinne, you've been wanting to talk to for a while. He is, uh, he's the king of partying. He is a musician. He's a performer. He had a great uh, longstanding advice column with the Village Voice. He's a New York City staple and a legend. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Andrew W.K. having me on the show yeah thanks for we were just talking you having a conversation about uh, being polite to uh, not let people in on your inner demons or your inner feelings not let yourself in not your yourself in oh you're okay. trying to be that's your, a good method raise yourself to a slightly higher level of 
emotional operation. And a really easy way to do that is to uh, have better manners, I suppose, or I don't know. It's a habit at this point, but have you ever lost your shit? No, oh, of course, yeah, all the time. And, 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 <laughs> all the time. Well, I, I would, I would say so. I, I'm less than some, more than others. Mm-hmm. I lose my shit a lot. So, what does losing your shit look like for you? Uh, probably tensing every muscle in the body as hard as I can. Yeah, that's how. That's about because I used. I would maybe in the past I would have more of an outburst and, and curse or something like that outwardly. Uh, but now I, I find myself just doing that. And that really helps. That actually, yeah. I, I feel like that's a really great re- release. Yeah, I've been debating getting a punching bag because I took a kickboxing class once and it was a really good outlet for rage. Sure. And it wasn't hurting anybody. It's hard to, you'd have to, t- to have a portable punching bag though could be challenging. So yeah. If you're if you're um, out there in the world and in yeah. the midst and something like that happens. And it's still not advisable in, in that I think it can still disturb people even if they see they can people are very perceptive oh yeah you can if, tell if someone's distraught like that and then if they have a portable punching bag with them it's like well that's obvious yeah that, you know? that would that would really stick out <laughs> watch out for that guy yeah. um now you look to be very physically fit is that from all the muscle tensing that you're doing <laughs> or do you actually like do you go to the gym as an outlet or just for fitness well as you said uh I've also found that exercise has a positive effect on my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I do look forward to. And even I would say it's, it's almost compulsive at this point, but for example, yesterday and the day before I felt distraught throughout the day at different moments. And I was able to say, well, later I'll be able to go to the gym mm, and it yeah. was able to, and it gave me a moment of serenity, just knowing that I'd have a place to push out that feeling to have something literally like a weight to push against yeah. where you can take, like you're saying to lash Place out it. at something that's inherently positive, like exercise. It's, yeah. it's, it's definitely good, but it's hard if you, again, like the portable punching bag problem, if you can't have a way to instantly deal with those feelings, that's, it, it can be problematic. And the, the, the goal is to get to a place where uh, you, you're, you're, I don't say that you're so serene that you don't have those emotions, mm-hmm. but where you can, where the, the space between having the emotion reacting to it is reduced very, very, very to a very small space. Yeah. Because you should sell it. If you have like anger inside of you or depression or anxiety, it's like you can recognize that it exists is helpful because to pretend it's not there. I used to try to meditate when I was in public and I would want to have like a meltdown. And, uh, and then that made me more angry. Oh, when yeah, I told cool. myself to calm down, right, I also right. told myself to shut the fuck up. And I was like, all right, well, that's not really working well. Well, so sometimes I feel like you just need to feel the feelings and like kind of let them pass through rather than push them down. Yeah. yeah. Just let them float. Now, may I ask, you said something about obsession. Do you, I have obsessive compulsive disorder. Do you? Oh, uh, I don't think so. Oh, Okay. I was just wondering, because you said obsessed, and then I did notice when Stephen put the glass in front of you, you moved it ever so slightly so that it wasn't on the crease. And I was like, does he have OCD? Because that's something I would absolutely do. I don't want you in your head now thinking that you have OCD. (laughs) We just diagnosed you. I don't want you thinking that. I was just curious. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. I'm fascinated by, I always like like watching uh, like young people, especially, and I'm like, oh, that person has OCD and they don't even know it yet. I imagine there's a spectrum. So maybe I have a swama. I don't know. I didn't want it to, if, I didn't want it to be on uh, to tip over. Right, right. And it's also that's wet. logical. It's wet, mm-hmm. and I hadn't expected it to arrive. Yeah. So I think it was a com- combination of all those factors. Hey, reactive. Sp- yeah. Speaking of wet, how did you learn about sex? Uh, <laughs> I got transitioned. That for was days. so smooth. Thank y'all. you. You 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 kind of asked about that b- before we started our, our our official talk. And, yeah. And it just occurs to me. I don't remember 
how I first learned. Okay. Or when I first learned. Do you know, did your parents give you a talk? No. Oh, it, nothing, huh? I mean, you said, oh, did you have sex had ed in school? Yeah. And I had that, but surely that couldn't have been the first time. Yeah, because usually there's always a moment with guys that I talk to where they they see a porno at their friend's house. So there's someone like found a Playboy in the woods and they're like, get a load of this. And then your life is just forever changed. Do you ha- do you remember that? Did you well, have I had those moment? experiences like that, but it wasn't I'd already been aware of, of, of sex. what sex. What? Yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw a porn magazine or a sex related thing that made you go, what the hell is this? It seemed like it was very gradual that, that, that I think I saw dollops of that imagery <laughs> uh, over many, many different instances. Yeah. And, and did you always have a good relationship with sex and sexuality to your own sexuality? I guess I had never thought about it. <laughs> so you never had like, what, how was dating for you in high school? When did you lose your virginity? Uh, I don't remember exactly what age it was, either 14 or 15, I think. Okay. And that was with, yeah, with my first girlfriend and I was with her for about five or six years. Oh, Oh, wow. That's a long time. Oh, that sounds like a, so it was a good experience. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But but it was very, it it, it didn't seem like a very big deal one way or the other. Oh, okay. But I'm quite struck. What's actually really interesting to me now is how I haven't really thought about these things in a poignant way. Yeah. um, Perhaps ever these first encounters. I mean, I've thought about them a lot, but never yeah. what was the very first time right. just sort of emerged or it, it seemed as though these things were always there. And it I, seemed like maybe they went down in a healthy way then if they didn't so. really impact you in a negative. Maybe so. Have you ever had any sexual hangups? Not that I know of, but I don't, I don't even Smooth know. But sailing. again, it's like, I don't know what that would be mm. to have it be a hang up or not. Like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a sexual hang up for a guy. Well, I mean, like, I mean, I guess it would be like getting an erection. Oh, when you don't want to, when you don't want to or not getting or not getting an erection when you want to. Oh, yeah. That got equally suck. Uh, I mean, not in a pronounced way. I mean, I've had those experiences, I suppose, but it didn't seem like a good or bad thing. Oh, okay. Wow. Like, uh, you know, sometimes you get a cramp when you're running, you know, but sometimes your boner doesn't. Do what you wanted to do. I guess, yeah. But it <laughs> never to an, a, a point where I have thought about it before this. Oh, okay. So really, you're pretty sexually healthy, like I would say. I was, or meaning or if you didn't uneventful. Have any... It's just been quite... I, I wouldn't say it's been a big part of my life. And then maybe that's one of the things... Huh. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I've noticed more mm. is um, not from other people I've met or that I've been close to so much, but I've gotten the sense from society at large that it's supposed to be much more of a big deal than it seemed to be to me. And I've grown to resent that. Interesting. Uh, definitely. I've, I've definitely felt this anger because I feel like these people are, are, are being dishonest with themselves and, and with the world. But it's possible they're being honest and I'm the one being dishonest. And I think that's where the, the tension comes and the resentment. No, yep. I understand yeah. what you think. I was actually just talking with a friend yesterday about how I think that some people perhaps are spending too much time thinking and obsessing over sexuality to the point where it seems like some people are constantly like stuck in childhood. Because mm. like just talking about it every every week for four years, I'm like, okay, well, I feel like, you know, that's this other shit you there's other things that I'm interested <laughs> in. Like pasta. Right, at this point. Um, and so like for you, what are things that you've spent longer periods of time thinking about or that you've had hanging ups about that aren't sexual? I'd say feelings and, and and inhabiting the world and, and being a person, but there that's bound up in that. I I realized that someone asked me the other day, 
uh, something about sex in some questionnaire. And I said, it's simultaneously the most important and least important thing. Mm-hmm. That's a, the perfect answer. And that's how I feel about it. So it's not like a take it or leave it right. attitude, but I think it's extremely powerful, mm-hmm. yet it needs to be directed. And I think it's powerful in a way that goes far beyond uh, the physical, far beyond reproduction, far beyond pleasure or pain, far beyond the, the mental or the emotional into a life force power. Yeah. And then, of course, you can direct that and and try to acknowledge that in a rather detached way as just sort of a fact of nature um, and not let it dictate too much uh, beyond that. I've seen certainly people who have I guess people I've worked with um, who have had really tumultuous ongoing relationships with whoever they've been with. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's their main interest in life is the kind of uh, surging vortex of intensity that can manifest out of uh, directing the sexual drive in different ways. And some could say in unhealthy ways, but for this person, I think it was kind of their their main, I won't even say hobby. It was sort of like their, their gift. Interest. Yeah. Their yeah. main interest. Yeah. What captivated them. Well, that is yeah. like, that's like their relationship. There's a relationship like that, uh, like Javier Bardem's relationship in Vicky Cristina Bar- Barcelona, <sighs> mm, which is yeah. one of my favorite uh, relationship movies. Uh, I'm aware of that film. I haven't seen it though. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And there okay. is, there is, yeah, there is a relationship like uh, that, that the one you described in that. And I told my mom that I like that relationship. She's like, don't ever tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, sorry. I think some people like tumultuous and that's, you know, if you like it. Yeah, couples yeah. who Even say they never painful, fight. I'm like, oh, please. Even if it is painful, it's like your version of cutting. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you <laughs> like to experience the emotional tr- turmoil is the only really word I can that makes sense for it. But some people like it. And that's not if you like it, you like it. I wouldn't judge them. And unless they asked for advice or they thought, why do you think my life is going like this? I yeah, that, yeah, you know, exactly. And if they don't give a shit, right, <laughs> right. They don't give a shit. Well, I don't give a shit. Yeah. So it's, it, it reminds me of someone smoking. They're aware that there's potentially bad sides to this quote unquote bad sides. But the the, the for them, the good sides outweigh outweigh that. clearly. Yeah. Go. Yeah. That's the turmoil I'm currently experiencing. But, you know, you don't you don't smoke. You don't do any. I have smoked. You have smoked cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then just for I like tried it randomly. I wanted to do it. Uh, I really wanted to have that experience. My dad's been a longtime smoker and I think it was coming from that and not, uh, not even in a very subconscious way, but I was fascinated by the, the packaging and the world, the whole world, the whole the phenomenon. Coolness of st- it, well, I well, that was fall, the one part that I couldn't. I fell I, for the cool factor. I struggled with the actual smoking itself because I always felt worse physically after it. Mm. Yeah, my, I'll do that to you. My smoking friend said, oh, you just work through that feeling for the first few weeks. <laughs> it's screwed up, isn't it? Yeah. Like isn't anal it sex? Up? Like what the yeah. hell is that? Yeah, eventually yeah, after your 30th like cigarette, <laughs> it will feel like just a regular thumb up there or whatever, yeah, you know? Right. Yeah, uh, that sounds like because the first time I smoked a cigarette, I was like, never again. This is yeah. atrocious. Right. See, when I started smoking, Steven dated uh, Stoya, porn star, right before I did. And I remember when we first started dating, he was like, smoking doesn't seem very you. It was Stoya. When she smoked, it made sense. But you don't. And I'm like, oh. and then I smoked more. And that's what oh. I got addicted to it. Okay. <laughs> then you're like, it's on, bitch. I, I smoked too, too, motherfucker. Right, right. Um, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, that was not. So I did it out of stubbornness. And now it's like. <laughs> It's it's not. And then I really liked it. And then I, the reasonings for not smoking, I'm currently 
I, I quit. It's been 10 days. Oh, but, congratulations. Uh, thank you. That's and huge. I have polyps on my vocal cords. So there's all and, and health reasons. I mean, it's stupid to smoke. And uh, and I knew that. But yeah, there's that inner toddler in me that goes, I want to sing around now. And that's when I'm having trouble grasping and not feeding that inner toddler. You know, that's a cake. huge achievement to be able to, it, to be able to master that. Yeah, will, will will have amazing effects on all sorts of other areas of your life. I hope so. That's what oh, I'm hoping yeah. for. Have you ever had to give something up that you didn't want to, but you knew it was for well, the better? This, the smoking thing, uh, smoking, alcohol, uh, certain foods, any uh, many patterns of behavior, even just doing certain things at certain times of the day, resting mm-hmm. control to be able to make decisions, even with thoughts. I mean, going back to what we were first talking about with those emotional reactions to things. Mm. Being able to say that there is a director, or I'd like to think that there's a director inside in the midst of all these uh, impulses that I can turn to and let them lead the way uh, and rest control. And that with the sexual desire as well, you can get in front of that drive and and, and let it uh, instead of letting it push you or pull you, but use it as a power source and steer it like riding a horse, yeah. essentially, um, that is you know a huge life achievement is it even possible i don't know even if you could do it one percent of the time yeah that would be fantastic sort of like harnessing the power of your mind har- harnessing the power of your, your reproductive urge harnessing you know your your will it's willpower and i yeah. do believe there's a lot of skepticism about that about I, willpower yeah there's some that say that even free will you know is this does it even exist are we tethered to behaviors that we can't even hope to conceive of, let alone get control over? Yeah. So who knows? If And sometimes, though, I do when people turn like something that they don't like into like a kink, for example, mm. like I like cuckolding or cuckqueening or whatever, but it's cuckolding. Uh, <laughs> and I enjoy that because I have a fear of being cheated on. So and then I turned it into a sexual kink. I'm like, that's awesome. So I think, too, a way to get on top of that is to pretend you like it. Yeah, face your fears so you convince yourself and then you actually that's fall what for they, it <laughs> they do with uh spiders and things right that's the best way yeah. to get over a phobia is to like immersive interact. yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. play with a spider do you have any kinks sexually or otherwise i mean i don't know what's a non-sexual kink but i'm sure people have them well hmm. is, is that the same as a fetish um yeah, similar yeah, yeah. This is another area where I always felt like I'm, I'm doing this wrong. I, why don't? <laughs> and then I would, and then again, I would get very skeptical about the uh, the quantity of people that claimed that they were into these things. Mm, like what things specifically? Like anything from handcuffs to whips and chains, and and the things I would see portrayed so frequently around me. Mm-hmm. And see, why don't I? And but every now and then I would meet some other peer who would say, "Yeah, I don't." I don't find that interesting either, mm-hmm. but I resented it because it, there was something, it was more that I couldn't just let it go and like, oh, some people are, are, are into it because I felt there was so much pressure and and, and so much uh, weight being put on these things. Like, um, I don't know that it would not be vanilla. Like, it's, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. And then and it, it starts to, you start to descend for me, I would start to descend into a level of confusion that I feared I could never get back out again of. Um, that, yeah. Not by engaging in these things or experimenting. It's sort of like you can tell that you're not interested in something. It doesn't mean anything to you, but you have to prove it to yourself by actually trying it. And then you say, yeah, it means yeah, it nothing. was completely uninteresting. So I don't know. It's just a whole, it's a whole realm of the world that 
I've only just now started to feel comfortable with that I just don't care about it that much. Kind of kind of like in a very, I'd say, I don't mean this to be uh, disrespectful, but just the way that some people might not really like sports that much. Um, <laughs> oh, that. I thought you were going to say like, you know, people don't like women. You no, know, no. Sometimes it's like that. <laughs> no, sports is perfect for us. We I also don't, don't, I like, don't sports. like sports. <laughs> well, Fuck I like sports. the atmosphere, you know, and I enjoy the athleticism and the challenge of it and the drama. And the snacks. The, the food. Nachos. Yeah, the, the whole surrounding culture. But I might not really understand the rules or care that much about the actual game being yeah. played. So same with video games. I love to hang out with people who are passionate about video games and watch them play and have them tell me about the game and, and the people who make video games. Yeah. I love that. As far as Ashley playing the game, it's just not something that occurs to me as a way I would rather spend time. And it's only just been recently that I've thought, well, you know what? Especially for men, it seems like there's more pressure to, to for, it, I guess, because I'm a man and I've seen other men. This is who I, I'm talking to about this stuff. Uh, that, that this is supposed to really matter um and dominate parts of your a huge portion of your life and your identity that but maybe that's not even true but that's how i'm sex or sports both yeah i i would agree with you yeah for sure and that if you're not doing it right then you're there's something wrong with you and so i just started to think well you know what maybe not only is there not something wrong maybe this is a gift maybe i this is a gift that i have that i'm not tethered to these interests. Oh, yeah, you these, have a lot yeah. more time. Because then look at focus. all the other shit you could do. You well, got more maybe. time for partying. Yeah, maybe. Or you're you not know, football games. I'm having, I'm having, I think you can have a sexual relationship with with life itself. Whoa. That's what I think it is. I think you're right. And how you have you, a sexual relationship with life. life? Yeah. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> you're creating a reality for yourself essentially i really don't want to use that word you're i think yeah, impregnating but I you're impregnating destiny with your willpower hmm. and your 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 energy your life yeah. your, your 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 vitality yeah and you make your life becomes a child essentially yeah that's a good way to put it cuz i do think like people don't allow themselves to fully enjoy all that they do, but um, as if there's not enough joy to go around for their life or something. But I'm like, you could make every moment of your day like really good by just immersing yourself in it and saying like, let's make this the most fun thing we can. Yeah, and that well, to me an is attitude. what you're, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the the partying, your partying lifestyle, like you were, it's, it means joy, right? To you? Oh uh, yeah. Well, celebrating the fact that you're not dead as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and, and with that in mind, and it, it, I, I would talk to a friend once about this and it was when I was trying to have a, a, a baby for the first time. And I was also working on a lot of other projects, uh, and, and, you know, really invested in all these different efforts. And he said, wow, you're, you're, you're really attempting to manifest on many levels. And, and I thought, wow, it's interesting. It is, it's, you're, you're trying and I have friends who have, who have been married for years who chose to never have kids. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I, obviously you've thought about this. They said, my work is my child. Like mm. this is the, everything goes into this and I'm fulfilled through this. Now it's hard to imagine, um, for them, I guess what would actually, it would it's purely having a child clearly part of me is, is different from work and I'm not equating them hundred percent, but you can have a, you can, you can produce something with your spirit and with your energy on, on different planes Yeah, and they all count to some degree. And that sexual drive, I do, I do know that when I first moved to New York, for example, I was very, and, and coming out of high school, very frustrated by, um, and here, maybe this is starting to come out now that I'm rambling a little bit. <laughs> I was very hurt, you know, by the girls who wouldn't date me and very angry and, mm, and a lot of, you know, contempt for 
getting back or proving to them that they would have wished they could, they would have been nicer to me or, or, or paid attention to me or, you know, very common feelings. I yeah. Think. Mm-hmm. Can be very motivating. It was extremely too. motivating. And eventually I got more into the work I was doing to prove something that I did when and I you was forgot either. about yeah. why you even started it in the exactly. first place. See, that's so interesting to me because I think a lot of men, especially when they're teenagers and women feel this too, but men just get rejected more often because yeah, guess, yeah. women, women reject and men get rejected most frequently, I would say. Well, cause when, yeah, men ask more. So the, just yeah, mathematically, that's why I'm always like women ask men out. Um, mm-hmm. but so you can get rejected. Yeah. But you should know what it feels like. Cause, cause man, when a, when a girl gets rejected, uh, when I get rejected, like if I'm even in my relationship for sex, like if I want to have sex and Steven doesn't, that's maybe happened once in seven years. Whoa. I turn into a bratty little baby about it. And I'm like, oh, God, I need to get rejected more. I need to learn how to deal with this like a person. Mm-hmm. But with men, I feel like they take that rejection that they feel in their teenage years and they either go the productive route, which is what you were saying, or that I'll show you mentality is fueled towards something just being a huge piece of shit or a serial killer sometimes yeah it's true just like a murder and a bunch of people but that drive is so powerful and it's so fascinating to me all the different paths that drive can take you it's uh, that's very well said and it's an elemental drive that i think everybody has and it's okay well where are you going to put this what are you going to do with this is it going to be a force of good is it going to be a force of destruction is it going to be a force of creation it can lead to beautiful things but and i often wonder i'm like maybe if women were rejected more in that sense We'd create more shit. We'd achieve more. Yeah. So really. Honestly, yeah. Mm. Steven always asked me, how come there's no female music producers? There's hardly any. What the fuck? You know? And and I do think that drive to like, I'll show them is a huge drive to create. And women does women don't. I mean, we, we get rejected in other ways that are that are, you know, gut wrenching, uh, not being taken seriously in the workplace when you're more qualified than your male coworker, whatever the fuck it is. But uh, but those that type of rejection we don't get. And I think that that can feel really good art and 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 just career. So drive. men, if you want to see some more movies by women, just start saying no to sex. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really yeah, what reject us. We, we need to. it. Yeah. That's a very radical perspective on it. I hadn't thought Yeah, about I never that. really thought about it until you brought it up. Well, just being given this is why talking things. Is good. <laughs> yeah. Just being given things I don't think is ever like super productive to like a learning or a growing process. That's why, you know, even with feminism, like I obviously like want equal rights, but I'm like, we should have to work for them. So like we really like them when we get them. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, it goes back to yeah. the very beginning where we were talking about those frustrations and those emotional outbursts. Yeah. I can say that at the end of the day, like by last night, for example, once everything the day had been complete, I had a sense of fulfillment, mm-hmm. even just to know that we completed these tasks, even if some of them didn't go that well, by yeah. my estimation. You tried. You tried. And and I was able to keep my composure for the most part. My manager had to listen to me vomit uh, my complaints towards him, but yeah, he's well suited What a good for manager that. is for. <laughs> yeah, but no one else had to be uh, poisoned by that. And that counts for something. <laughs> he seems okay. He looks relaxed. Yeah, great hair. You got well-groomed. Yeah, good fashion. Doing, doing, doing a well. manager. Good socks. <laughs> yeah, looks great in that chair. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> he does, he does. And I actually, I, I, I think I've said that to, to you, Pete, but if I haven't, I, I've always feel very fortunate and very well represented because you do present yourself well and, 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 and your genetics lend 
yeah. lend themselves to that. See, I love this. A man on man compliment. That's nice. Not men, enough of that. Men lifting up other men. Aesthetically based. I love it. Yeah. I've tried to get him to wear suits and he drew the line. Oh, really? That. I would think you you would wear suits, but I mean, if he walked in with a man in a suit, I would think that we were going to get killed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be well, like, what is he the said. FBI here? What's happening? Too intense. It's the entertainment business. It's not banking. And, and he said that it could be it actually would work against his his ability to be a good manager. And I think he's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot I of sense. I would agree with that. Have you ever had a near-death experience? I don't know why I felt the desire to ask you that question. It just came out. I probably did, and I didn't realize it. Oh, really? Right. Well, I imagine we, we're having them all day long. Oh, and, yeah. And for our own good, we just don't know that we just... Well, you know, made it by a hair's hair's breadth. Yeah, we, like, we <laughs> got on the sidewalk just in time for that bus to drive by. Without I know, it's like, oh gosh, making it through the day is a huge achievement, and it's the one that we usually just blow off. That's what the party mindset is. It's like, wow, yeah. you got to live another day. Yeah, celebrate it, and by showing that gratitude, maybe we'll get to live another day after you know tomorrow. Um, when did you <sighs> quit awesome. drinking, and why? Well, I had been straight edge. I guess what you define straight edge. Now, there's many. That's yeah. not even a good term because some people they take it to extremes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look at straight edge people like they look at PETA. Like, just get out of my fucking face, you're obnoxious. Kind of thing. Or but. well, or, or just there could be someone who's straight edge where that just means they don't drink alcohol. Then there's be oh. someone who's straight edge who doesn't drink alcohol, do any kind of drugs, or smoke cigarettes, or drink coffee. Then there could be one who's also a vegan. Then there could be mm-hmm. one who's also a, uh, doesn't know alcohol, no cigarettes, no caffeine, no drugs, no meat. And no sex. That was it. Oh, yeah, that's the straightest to the edge. So it's like religion. It's you just make it, make it what you want it to be. Like a monk. So yeah. because that's a kind of cloudy area. Yeah. For, for many, many, many years, I never drank alcohol or, or did drugs or smoked or anything. And then I think kind of like we mentioned, you start to want to wonder, well, this instinct that I, that's felt so natural. How do I know that this is the right instinct? I'm going to so, do the yeah. exact opposite and, and, and choose to do it. I mean, that do it with intention and I guess sort of full blown responsibility, not just fall into. It feels better to do it that way than to just feel peer yourself. pressure. I think that's what I would tell myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think to to want to be saying, to want to put your mental state on another plane. I think that's been done since the beginning of time. Yeah, well, that's a good way to look at it. It's <laughs> a good way to justify. But then drug you party too. You party too hard, or what? yeah, what happened? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. But what kind of straight edge were you when you were straight edge? No alcohol, no cigarettes, no drugs. Okay. Oh, I guess no ca- caffeine, but that wasn't a, I didn't really think about that. And I now you're drinking was, monster energy. Oh, I'm so sucking that's, it down yes, now. that's gone yeah, yeah. right oh, out yeah. the window. I'm sucking that stuff down. <laughs> I got a, a custom made nutraceutical blend, highly engineered pharmaceutical stimulants and caffeine that I need to get in my system. I got to keep it in my system 24 seven, even while I sleep. What? I what? can't sleep without where you get the these stimulants. Pharmac- you where can't you get those stimulants? From Salt Lake Adderall? City. You talking about Adderall? No, 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 no. I've tried that, but um, yeah, see, for example, I've had that recently and I didn't really care for that too much because it made my mouth real dry. Oh yeah. I need does. a wet mouth <laughs> in order to sing. Boy, if I had a nickel. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. For you to sing. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I had to throw that in there. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, Oh, so was there like an like an incident? Well, there was there was the many incident? incidents that encouraged the ongoing uh, not partaking in all these like things. Like what? Uh, seeing friends. Um, mm. I had a lot of close friends in high school that were very creative. This is how I see it now. You know, it, it probably wasn't this dramatic, but <laughs> we we worked on projects. That's all we did for fun. We'd make recordings. We'd yeah. make drawings. We'd make magazines together. We'd make videos and productions. And then one day, one of these guys, who I guess was a few months older than me, 
came into school and was acting all weird. And he had the styrofoam cup. This was like a very, these are the kind of, I mean, this, this was as powerful as the first time or the first few times maybe I saw a porn magazine was mm. these, these shatterings of innocence. Because I'd heard about yeah. people drinking alcohol. I'd heard about people doing drugs, but I never thought I would see someone do that, let alone a friend. I'd heard about these porn magazines, you know, but then you, you have one in front of you. So it had that same level of, it was before this happened and then after. And uh, yeah, and all of a sudden, all the fun that we had used to work so hard to conjure up out of thin air, they got that payoff just from drinking or from doing drugs. And I couldn't understand that at the time. Mm. Um and, and I didn't see it that way. I just knew they stopped doing stuff. Mm. And I kept saying, why don't you want to do stuff anymore? And they would say I was dumb oh. and I don't get it. And, you, you, you know, I got outcast. And that was it. That, oh, man. That, that set a tone. I'd always been on the fringe. I, or this is how it's, life has always felt to me, is that I'm not doing it right. And everyone else is, or at least the people that I like, they know something about life that I just can't quite grasp. And so I'm going to always be a tag along. I'm always going to be on the outside looking in. And I think a lot of people feel like this, though. Yeah, but you how, still feel like that. Yeah, because if like oh, how, yeah. you're not, you it's feel like you're not doing it right, even though you're very successful. Well, because I look at everybody else who's more successful, of course. Well, well and I okay. get, I, I understand that. I understand the whole like, you know, one and once you reach a certain level of success, it's like you always have to keep setting goals higher for yourself, or otherwise, what's the point? Like your creativity is going to shrivel up and die you if have you don't have, have vision. Well, the drive I'm trying to do now is to serve this feeling for its own sake, to not lust after any particular result, to have the only ambition to be to how can, useful can I be mm. to the cause of, of of a joyful, exuberant feeling in the world. And, and at my best moments, I can focus on that. And when I'm a, a weak, flawed human being, then I think about all the other stuff that is not conducive to serving that, that purpose. That, yeah, that would make it like, why would I even bother kind of attitude? Yeah. But that's, for example, like stopping drinking alcohol, I could tell, okay, I'm not serving this purpose. I'm not giving the, the, the proper respect to this opportunity that I've been given and this opportunity, not just to be in the music business or to work on this particular project, but to have had the parents that I've gotten to have to have been born in the time and place that I was born to be, you know, have health, to have the people around me that have supported me, like all these to have survived this many days, sometimes against great odds that I contributed to, you know, lowering those odds. I'm disrespecting everything and everybody else too, including people who would give anything to have, you know, 10% of what I was just handed. Yeah. And that yeah. the people who handed it to me worked really hard, sometimes died to be able to hand it to me and I'm just going to blow it off. So it was a total change of, it was that this life is not something to get through and to try to, you know, soften the edges of and take the pressure off. This life is this chance and this is actually part of a very traditional, what we call straight edge mindset is that this is it. Hmm. And you, to be a real human being, you have to, out of respect for getting to come into existence, make the most of it. Hmm. Do people who don't make the most of life bother you? Or no, do you just know? Because that's what I'm basically doing. Right. I'm just telling myself I got to do better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I'm not doing it yet. It's all aspirational. Really? So what oh, yeah. do you, what is it? What is it? What would it look huh. like then if you were doing it? Like, do you think that will ever happen? Or is that always it's it's it seems like it's healthy to just keep that in your mind at all times to say I'm still working up to this thing and then never yeah. actually get it because. Well, that, that's what, like you said, it gives you something to strive towards. Yeah, well, you should be making progress. Well, someone did point True. out. Yeah, there is no good person. There's just better than you were yesterday. 
You know, how do you know when you hit that good level? What 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 yeah. is that like? You're saying yeah. when you reach that threshold, then you can stop. You're like, oh, I'm now I'm. I good. know, yeah. So it's like it, it makes you not want to get meet the goal. It's like wanting not wanting to read the last page of a book that you really love because you don't want it to be over. Yeah, kind of very thing. well said. Yeah. Um. So, do you have a kid? Yes, I have two children, but how I don't do you, talk about that. Oh, well, I I wanted to know what. That's, that's how scary. do you know if you should have a kid or not? Like, what made you go? Yes, we want. Kids, because that's I, I've that's just something that I personally have been. I met for the first time in my life. I met a kid who made me want to have kids. Like mm. this little girl, her name's Savannah, and she was just the most beautiful, like precious, um, adorable. Like I couldn't, I can't even describe it. This kid was so just a ball of light. I, An I don't angel. Even, yeah. yeah, and and I, I I have a nephew who I love more than life itself, but I he doesn't make me want to have a kid. And then I and then I met this girl, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I lo- I want to steal you. And then I'm like, but how? But then when you actually think of having a kid, you got to figure out is are my finances in order? Is this apartment big? Like, there's so many things that I'm like, you know what? Eh, whatever. I don't know. I just I don't know what what checklist. Did you have a checklist in your head that you wanted to cross off? There was never a doubt in my mind for as long as I could remember oh, being damn. a very little kid myself, a child that I would have kids. But but, but I, when I say there wasn't a doubt in my mind, I really mean that I just thought that's how life was. Oh, OK. So it was only till much more recently before the kids were born that I ever stopped and thought, well, wait a minute, this isn't something you have to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, it became really striking to think, well. Wait, what if we don't have kids? Yeah. Holy smoke. Then you can keep doing all this other stuff. I forever. just, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. But then, it was it, the only way I could say it, and this is the, this goes for my wife too, and uh, the soulmate kind of feeling, which a child is a similar version to that. Yeah. There's no nothing to compare it to except that it's a fundamental element in in life. It's like hmm. it's like ha- your parents that the way that they exist and that you wouldn't have come into being without them. It's like that in reverse. It's like you're meeting these elemental aspects of what it is for you to exist or to be a person. Yeah. And it's strange because you, uh, you're making them and you're responsible for them. That's such a mind fuck. (laughs) But they, they occupy a singular space, an archetypal space that goes beyond the trappings of ordinary life. And they can't be fit into that yet. They're of course, part of that. Uh, so it's, it's very mysterious. And yeah. that's why there's no amount of, 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 of thinking through that will really get you the, the understanding of what it will be like. You can't take your own experiences so far. And I'm not just speaking to you. I can't, right, take, right. a person can't say, Oh, I've done this. It'll be like that. There's no extension of what you've already experienced that could even come close, except to think about well, what if I, what if there was someone that was like my mom or my dad, but that wasn't my mom or my dad? Meaning that yeah, singular. Yeah, someone who took up that space. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I imagine. I know you're never. It's never the perfect time. It's never right. the. You always figure it out. Right. Um. It's just. I guess the you hope. You hope you do. Yeah, that's very true. But and and, and it is a big thing. So it's I'm not a huge saying, like, deal. Yeah, I'm. I'm you just, do want to be responsible. I've that never was one of the best sells for kids I've ever heard. I, though well, I, I agree. Go. I agree because uh because. You know, I don't know. I just I know that it seems like I want to get the most out of life for me personally. And I think having a kid is for me, I think, being part of getting the most out of life, but not until I've gotten the most out of life before a kid. How do you know that you don't? And then you're in your head forever. And then all of a sudden you're 47, you're barren. You know what I mean? It's like a psychedelic (laughs) experience. How would you describe that to someone who hasn't had one? Yeah, I've never had. She has had several. Um, I mean, 
something that I'm very thankful that I did and that I truly see life in a different way now that I did it. There you go. Yeah. Mm. But there's lots of, it should be also said that I don't think everyone has to have a kid. I don't think someone who doesn't have a kid that doesn't count as real life. You'll hear people say things like that because they're trying, they're trying to express to you this inexpressible, uh, event this 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 feeling that cannot be expressed except by these really hyperbolic uh statements yeah but um well going back to psychedelic i mean i think uh wait can i go pee yeah go ahead what i was saying before um the urine break uh i hope you're feeling better i feel great was just kind of relating back to psychedelics was like psychedelics didn't give me any answers that i didn't already have in my heart i always kind of Mm. it made me think of like the wizard of oz like you went on this journey only to realize that you had the answer in your heart all along and so that's i think that could be like for if you sit down like you can answer like do you want kids or not probably oh like a quiet moment with it. yourself i'm gonna do yeah. molly in the woods this weekend so maybe i'll just do it <laughs> or, or maybe molly in the woods <laughs> will give you your answer <laughs> it's very well said though I, I that was beautifully put and and you're right about that wizard of oz comparison because even the, the the saying home is where the heart is right it, that, that doesn't just mean the building your house where you have your family or where you're most comfortable or where you'd rather be where is your heart in, yeah. in you, in your body, that's mm-hmm. home, right? Where you can, where, anywhere you go, where you take your heart with you is your home. Same thing as no place like home. The home is not a place, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's her. It's a feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a feeling. So, so when you, are there ever moments, I mean, I guess you, you have depression. Do you have depression? I mean, not, I don't know if it's clinical or how, whatever they, you, I when people describe being depressed, I say, oh yeah. When you, you know, when you feel bad now out of respect for people who feel much worse than I do because they must be out right. there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's hard to imagine, but there must be someone who feels even worse than I felt. Wow. Um, they they would say, well, no, that's real depression. But uh, I, I so I, I never had a diagnosis, but I would say I would use that word, you know, despair. Yeah. Do you feel unlike unmotivated or just really sad, but you do, there's no like source? Like you can't pin, be like oh, this. Is, like, cause I feel sad a lot, but I know exactly why I feel sad. It's not just That's like nice. a vague sadness. It's like, well, because of rape and mur- like there's specific things that <laughs> I are feel connected, sad you know, rape. but on a, on a, on a, on a cosmic level. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I it's not normal to feel like like you're responsible for everything in the world. I know that's we not normal. We get a normal. lot of emails every day from it's just people. Oh, I've oh, always felt like this though. That's why I don't want, I, that's why I never watch the news. It's not like I don't care what's happening in the world. It's just like, I can't, I can't absorb. You care too much. The, I just can't. I feel like I absorb other people's experiences and feelings to a point where it's unhealthy to me. An empath. And then yeah. I have to separate myself. Well, that's that, that's that's noble to be able to realize that and then work with it. It feels selfish though sometimes. No, no, because that's just that side of it. You're protecting it yourself. Yeah, that that guilt thing is part of it. When you when it gets well, too and much, also a Jew, so <laughs> yeah, the Jew thing helps or doesn't help. Jew, I don't know. The Jew you exacerbates it. it. <laughs> My Jew's flaring up today. <laughs> how do you when you? How often do you feel? depressed when it's a physical level where where i feel physically ill to an extent and, and mm. everything is slow a, a, a walk becomes a shuffle yeah and you just want to lay down and 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 fantasize about oblivion that fortunately has, has been very rare um and it, and it still usually is 
if I'm very thoughtful and honest with myself, I mm. can find a reason. It won't seem like a rational reason that's causing it. I mean, and sometimes it is based on on the the the, the tragedy of existence, and like what you're talking about the the terror and horror of the world, mm-hmm. and and the the, the seeming uh, endless reasons to be upset all colliding and piling on at once. Yeah, amplified by one's own powerlessness and weakness and self. It, it, you know, for better or worse, self-absorption, it, it can be very intense. Um, so that, that, that's sort of lingering at all times that actually that is life worth living. How do I know life is good? Mm-hmm. Where's the proof that tells me that it is? Am I doing a good job or not? Well, or, that, that's yeah. that one I have a little better feeling about because I can do something about that. Yeah. That's in your control. Yeah, sometimes a little, even if it's just a glimpse, like, well, I can work a little bit harder. I can focus a little bit more and actually having a quest or a mission or a sense of purpose that is centered around what I would call positive effort or positive feelings or positive themes, when I feel that bad, I, I try now, and this is a, even within the last days, just trying to let that part of me exist, like you said, still feel the feelings, and but still take action towards the work that matters more than those low feelings. Yeah. To have a, a work that is higher-minded and more worthy than those low feelings so that even when you feel the low feelings, you still take the high road, you know, take the high action and you keep yourself in motion and you don't let yourself get bogged down. But when I have gotten bogged down, yeah, it was bad. I think it's, I think it's soul recovery. I think it's those big, it's the greater, the best things in life that you'll have the worst depression about because your soul has stretched. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, bad things Exhaust, can do it too. Yeah. It's been exhausted. Exactly. It's like after exercise, when your muscles are sore, you think, oh no, I did something really wrong. Yeah. But actually it's the but, but body. It's good. It is. It's, it's recovery. It, you're stretching yourself. And so that, that strange cu- come down. I had it a few days ago when some, some people heard my new album for the first time. I, I kind of hadn't expected. I forgot that people were going to be able to hear it. It was this big, great moment. I felt really excited. And then the next day I felt really sad. Yeah. This melancholy sadness. And I couldn't figure out why. Do you, do you think mm. that's because you were, it's because you were so high the Definitely. day before. That like is, a roller coaster. Yeah, that's a tough one. Well, that's like the day after Christmas. That's Absolutely. That's the saddest day. The end of the whole, <laughs> I get, oh my God. Going home from vacation, I get so depressed. Oh God, it's I've only so ever been sad. on two, but it sucks. Yeah. Well, that's, I think it's not only the come down, but it's the absorption of the greatness you just went yeah. through. Your body's trying to catch up. Your spirit is trying to catch up with all the amazing stuff that just happened and, and, and process it. Yeah. Yeah. Working on a project, a creative endeavor. Once you work on it, you're all amped about it. And then you wait for somebody to make a decision on it. And then every day that goes by that you're waiting for, for a decision, your excitement just goes to the ground. I'm talking, I'm being, yeah. I'm very specific, talking about very, very specific <laughs> moment in my life that I'm currently experiencing. But, you know, it's fine. If, if you don't, it doesn't happen. You know, you fucking figure it out or whatever. I'm not worried about it. Um, have you ever attracted, when you, um, when you would date people, uh, was there a certain type of personality that you attracted or that you were attracted to? Like, are you, do you date people that are as positive as you or are they depressed or are they a mixture of both? Well, my first girlfriend who I was in a long, a pretty long relationship with, and we moved here to the city together when we were 18. And so there was some, some, and that's why I lost my virginity too. And yeah. she lost hers. It was a five year relationship, right? Yeah. It was five or six years. That's a long time. I, at that age, for sure. Yeah. Uh, that she was extremely sweet, very optimistic, mm. very buoyant, uh, and, and cheerful. Yeah. Uh, and then my wife now, um, who I've been with for 
Pete, you would know because you went to City Hall for us to get married. Was that 11 years ago, 10 years ago? I've been with Wikipedia for- said tw- two th- 2008 was when you got married. Okay. Is that weird that I was able to answer that? Ten, Is that strange? That sounds about right. Thanks, Internet. I met, I met her in 2006, <laughs> I think, or 2005. So it's been, uh, yeah, t- 12 years or more. Um, she is the epitome of that optimism, but uh, to, a, to a degree where it doesn't even read as optimism. She's in an elevated state of, of, of grace. Whoa. But she's gifted. It's just, and, yeah. I, and I'm not well, saying she doesn't career, work at isn't it. isn't it? Because she's a... Phys- she, she is an aerobic uh, instructor and an athlete. She was one of the... And she really was she, one of the first... Uh, female competitive snowboarders. You, you might not Whoa, be able to find her name out so there, but cool. in the That's early awesome. '90s, when it was first picking up, she was out there. She, so she's always been very athletic and cool. And, but it's her spirit, her attitude. It, it's it's sort of like I imagine. What would it be like to wake up every day and have the world feel that way? And the closest mm-hmm. I can get is marrying her and being around her. I know Aww. you. You guys were introduced. God, I'm getting my periods in the mix. <laughs> You guys are introduced by your vocal instructor. Is that correct? That is tr- I correct. I never, I never know what I can trust the Wikipedia and what I can't. That okay. is, that is accurate. Okay, and so, so cool. did it, did your vocal instructor say like, oh, I have someone with a similar positive energy, or like, how did? Well, I have you- a very negative energy, so that's why we. But it's like this, it's weird because you say you do. Well, I mean, but you don't come off as that at I, all. Yeah, I'm not like feeling a lot of negativity off you now, but and then, but also like you're kind of you, this party lifestyle isn't negative because I'm on the quest. Right. That's, yeah, but how can you? You can't. You're not negative on the quest. You're positive on the quest. That's because I'm on the quest. Because you're fighting so against the, quest the negativity. Keeps you positive. The quest keeps me positive. The quest is more important than the negativity. So I have to rise to the occasion. So what was it that your vocal like coach was? Why was it like? Well, Andrew goes together with Sherry, right? Yeah, Sherry had the lesson right before me, so I would come Aww. in. Oh, they were just both in the same room <laughs> and see her. Yeah, and she. I mean, I was just really struck by, she just was always smiling mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it was just one of those, it was like, and the only way I can explain it, it was, it was just like every, everything had led to that moment and, and, mm. and, it, and it was an accept, it wasn't, it was almost even kind of unremarkable in a sense, because it was, there was nothing I could do about it. Mm. That, that's how it felt. Of course, I didn't really know this. I'm looking back and, 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 and thinking about it. And uh, I must be getting my period as well because I'm getting a little choked don't up. I hate that. I that's, but I mean, it. that's, I don't think we've ever had anybody ever on the podcast talk about a meeting their significant other and have that kind of like visceral response. So that's, I mean, it's very genuine. It, it, but does it, I kind of, I had a similar, maybe it's similar to you. When I first went on a date with Steven, it wasn't supposed to be a date. And then mm. I, he had broken up with his girlfriend. So I was like, this is the date now. And then I very calmly at the end of the date in my head, I was like, oh, I just met my husband. Well, yeah. Wow. I, I, I think that it was calm. It yeah, wasn't exactly. And I would normally not be that calm into dating situation. I don't know. I was a little, you know, like, what are we? But I was, I didn't even ask that. I didn't even want to know. Cause I knew it was it's weird because with so much of our lives, we're told that we make things happen and we find what we want and we go out and get it and we push and we, we scheme and, and we, we, we decide we cause right? this to happen, right, but right. that's just happened. It happened to you. So destiny happens to you. Destiny dreams you up and yeah. pulls you towards it. Yeah. And it's that, 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 that powerlessness that you have over true destiny that has that kind of calm, um, unavoidable. What's the right word? Uh, Pete, do you know the word I'm trying to think of? Hopefully we can edit Destiny, this Destiny. Calmness. 
Well, you just, it's just like, well, unavoidable. This is, I have to thanks, find, Pete. I have to unavoidable. Find, I have to find the right, I have to go to thesaurus. Yeah. No, I love this. I'm always uh, Googling stuff on my phone while we're talking about the podcast. So take your time. All right. Thank you. And you'll know this word, and the, that's the thing. It's not going to be some I, obscure word. I actually have been starting to look up the definitions of words and realizing I'm using them wrong. Whoops. <laughs> well, and also, like, sometimes... Hyperbolic. Words are used uh, kind of in, like, in a colloquial way that is not... It's not the it's right... Not correct. Yeah. And we've, like, bastardized words. We have. And I continue Inevitable. To. Inevitable. Oh. That's oh, a good word. So simple. Okay, perfect. Inevitable. And that I found that quality running through most of the best... Uh, experiences of my really? life. Really? Yeah. That you're removed from it. Your decision-making process, all you can do is facilitate it. Yeah. This is going to happen. It's like the sun's going to rise whether you want it to or not. So what are you going to do now? And I think the hard okay. work that you put in throughout your life towards your career, towards just self-improvement makes you better in those inevitable moments, makes you more prepared, makes you make the most out of it. I mean, it's going to happen either way. Yeah. Ho hopefully can make you appreciate it. It, it, it That kind of goes back to that respect thing. Yeah. That you're trying to have respect for your own destiny. Yeah. Say, okay. Well, if these are the cards that I'm being dealt, I have to play them the best that I can. Yeah. Or it's a disservice to yourself and the world. Yeah. And the world. Yeah. Because the more people that I think pursuing something that makes them happy, Corinne and I talk about this a lot. People listen to the podcast when they're at work and they'll say like, it saves them from their terrible job. I'm like, Get out of that terrible job. Why do you got a terrible job? That sounds horrible. I, obviously yeah. easier said than done, but to, to imagine a life where you wake up every morning and go to a place and do a thing that you don't want to be doing like that to me, the last couple, the few times that the day jobs that I had, especially the last couple months where I knew we were quitting them eventually to do this full time. I'm like, I just every cell in my body was resisting <laughs> yeah. going into the nauseous. building. Right. Oh yeah. And I, it felt sick. Yeah. Yeah, so real know. physical sickness. I, I fully relate to that. And and that is every part of the world or, you know, existence telling you, don't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Listen if, to it. Yeah, if you can. If you can. Is there something noble about doing things you... See, that's... there's. I really wonder about this, like what, what you want to do versus what you're meant to do versus what you should do. Right. Th th these are three different areas. Yeah. And if they can coincide, that's that. Then you got it made. Yeah. Um, but at times there will be things and we know this where I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this, but I know I should. And the person that works at the CVS, who's like a good attitude and happy and like is personable, looks in the eye and it's kind. I'm like, that person made my day and I'll never forget Very that person. Admirable. Because if you do a job that, you know, is, is considered mundane or whatever, but you're, you have a good attitude about it. I'm like, you're fucking Superman. Well, I think that sometimes you, those people have the power to see like, well, this isn't the end for me. This is just something in the middle. It's like a bridge from point A to point B. That's yeah. why I really liked my day job because I was like, well, I'm not going to be here forever. And I'm really grateful that I get a day job that's like not too terrible that allows me to do comedy at yeah. night and I can leave one day and then someone else can have this day job and be, go on to be a painter or whatever they want to do in the, in the, in the nighttime. It was it's, nice. I it, miss it. <laughs> it's a type of, uh, yeah, it's the type of humility and a humbleness mm -hmm. of who am I to want so much on one hand, which I think is important to keep in mind. Think of all those that have less and, and are in all sorts of different situations that would take our worst day 
as heaven, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also those folks, that I, the people that you would see that this is such a great example that are working in a situation that we might think is undesirable or that they might not really be enjoying, but they have a great attitude. They could be tuned in to a level of purpose and focus and ambition that we can't even imagine. Not just that this is only temporary for me and I'm moving on to bigger and better things. They might see the entire endeavor of life as having nothing to do with a job mm, and that this yeah. is, you know, they have a, that's what that, 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 that's, and that's wise, that holy mindset, you know, where they're, they're, they're kids, their family, the, the, the things, the, their purpose could be coming from something totally unrelated to material experience. Yeah. I've met people like this and it's, they really are in that state. I don't know how, if they worked to get there or they say, you know, there's a plan for me that has nothing to do. And all I need to do is, fo- is serve that goodness. You know, a lot of people would say this is a, a, a basically God, that, yeah, that this right. is what God wants me to do. And I have found peace in serving what I've been told to do right now. And like, I, I think it was Fats Domino said his greatest ambition in life was to keep the Ten Commandments, hmm. and everything else that was going on was was completely by the wayside. Not that he didn't take his career seriously. Not that he didn't try to play the best that he could, and make it, do his work the best that he could. But it would be disrespectful to want to do so well at his work that he would, you know, n- not be a, a good person by the standards of the Ten Commandments. Right. And how? What a shift of perspective that creates, right? Yeah. Damn. Hmm. Damn. You mentioned earlier that you didn't struggle um, very much with sexuality, but that you had struggles with your emotions. Can you elaborate a little bit on more on what you meant by that? Like, was it processing emotions? Was it feeling emotions to their fullest? Was it coming to terms with these emotions that you were definitely having? Well, emotions is a tricky word. So they're not just feelings. I would say it was the the, the inner world that I lived every day. So inside your head. Yeah. yeah. As I said, I mean, you might find, I'm, I guess I'm glad that you find it hard to believe, but extreme malevolent feelings, mm-hmm. extreme anger, uh, directed at nothing in particular at everything. Um, okay. You know, a lot of spite and uh, sadistic desires. Um, like what? Just wishing harm on uh, on people, but usually specific people. You know, not at, at, in not, your life, famous people or like no people, people you know, yeah, people that I could witness their agony. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so wanting to manipulate them and cause them anguish, and not physical mm. pain. Although sometimes, if I was really, you know, I'd imagine someone's face getting, you know, sanded off with sandpaper or something like that. Whoa, but that's so garbage, s- pale kids. <laughs> so slow. Yeah, yeah. yeah a what a torturous time. demise. <laughs> but more just, uh, you know, I felt like there was something really wrong with me. And one of the ways that I sort of dealt with that, I guess, was wanting someone else to feel really wrong, really, really bad. That I can, guess. that could, huh. that, yes, because the, I understand that because that provides a temporary sense of fake relief. Yeah. Or that you relate to someone. Cause I couldn't relate. I feel like I couldn't relate to people. So mm. if I couldn't relate to him in a good way, maybe I could relate to him in a negative way. Now this is all Oh, analyzing things after the fact. I really don't have a lot of idea. I've talked to my parents because of this stuff, I guess, sent me to child psychologist. I was going to say, did you ever see a professional? Yeah, well, when I was 12 or 13, I went a few times, I guess on the onset of puberty, when when these things started to probably get amplified, these these feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later when I got, I was getting in a lot of trouble um, 
for sort of mischief, you know, like mail fraud and and scams and business scams. Whoa, and, that's some like high class mischief. <laughs> yeah, like schemes. Yeah, it, it was like very net, sophisticated network marketing. Oh, just egg in the neighbor's and, house. Damn, stuff like were... that. And yeah, fraud and and making fake baseball cards. And then they so they Whoa. sent me back. That's high level. No, that's great because my dad owns a baseball card store. <laughs> well, he might have one. Oh, I know, I know. There's we got a lot s- of them out there. Those that's, counterfeit cards. You have to, it's got to take skill to do that. A, a type, yes. Well, a type of, that was a project. You know, that, yeah. that was a project that was a low project, right? Appealing to my lowest nature, right. which was extremely thrilling. I mean, the waves of pleasure that I even still get now talking about it. It's yeah, still there. That I whole side that. of me is still there. The kind of person that would go to great lengths to infiltrate an entire apartment complex heating system with Limburger cheese. Wow. That, that, and, what? And, and reveling in the, uh, well, just knowing too, that you could affect <laughs> change in a bad way for that many people in an instant is a powerful feeling. Yeah. So I had to flip that and then get into this party mindset. So okay. well, wow. I was like a pretty high achiever then. Yeah. We, even, even when you direction. were scheming, yeah. you were crushing it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, the last time after the, I got in trouble with these, lawyers in Ann Arbor because I was using their law firm to write <laughs> fake letters to threaten to sue other businesses and things like that. And so I went back to see a, a different child psychologist this time. And after these sessions, which I ended up not, I guess, sort of liking by the end, maybe four or five times. I don't even remember this. A lot of this is a bit of a blur, Yeah. but his big, he called my parents in. It was the final session. He was going to have his, his great diagnosis. And, 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 and he said, you have a devilish side. Well, thanks very much for coming in. And that was it. <laughs> and I said, a bit we knew naughty. That. Bye. Yeah, we knew that coming in. Yeah, that doesn't have a work. Okay. He said, well, you have to figure out how to how to control it and let it work for you. And I think, you know, I, I well, well, that was this, good advice. I, I think that's exactly, I did exactly what he said. I said, okay, well, I'm going to use this power for good as much as I can. Has it ever gotten, um, has your... Well, I guess this isn't more mischievous, but uh, your like emotions and stuff, has that ever gotten in the way with a sexual relationship? Like, have you ever gotten too attached or have you ever had the desire to manipulate, emotionally manipulate a sexual partner? Because maybe like, have you ever had a situation where you liked the girl more than she liked you? Because that to not, me is an agonizing situation. and Not and, really, because I don't think I would have gotten in a relationship with someone, you know, that would have turned into a full relationship unless there was a good balance. Unless of, it was mutual. Most of the relationships I've been have been long, long term you okay. know, for years. So there wasn't a lot of uh, there was some dating and, 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 and short term stuff, but I didn't. I didn't like that. Just like I knew I wouldn't like it. Right. I right. can't, I don't like, it's very hard for me to leave the person after I've been intimate with them. Yeah. Meaning, yeah. You know, I've, I've gone to that extent to want to be with them. Now I'm just going to say, well, see it. So that, so no, you never had a one night stand. No, I did. And it was just as awful as I ever thought it would be. Yeah, not awful not because it was un- awkward. I just, I didn't, I felt strange about leaving that. I wanted to spend more time with them. That yeah. was, that was the feeling. Yeah. It's weird to be physically the closest two human yes, beings can be. Exactly. And then you just go away and don't talk to each other. Like you never met. I'm like, that doesn't, that sounds so harsh and cold. It makes me sad. Yeah. I tried it. And, and it's, and still even for years after that, I thought, oh, well I should like this. You know, I should be able to like this. And, mm, and yeah. And uh, it's only been again, very recent where I thought, well, you know, maybe these are noble qualities to have maybe it's okay that you don't want to do all these things that other people say they like to do maybe they don't actually even really like them that much and they're just saying they do because they saw it in a movie or something i don't know it's just a matter of two some people do like them as much as they say they like them but you know whoever flaunts around that they like xyz 
uh, just out of nowhere randomly. I feel like a lot of times it, it really turns out they're insecure about the thing. Yeah. And they don't really like it. But also, too, that's that's the cool part about being a person is that like some people are into like crunching bugs and they get really turned on by that. And oh, then yeah. some people just like missionary position and that's what it works right. for them. And that's, and that's really cool. And I think a lot of times people feel pressure and shame around sexuality because they think they shouldn't or should not like X, Y, Z. You're right. It doesn't always, so fucked up. you're very well said. Cause it's not always, we all, I think most people, there was this for years, there was the idea that the, the quote unquote, freaky stuff was what you're supposed to feel bad about. And then it almost right. flipped and became right. the, the vanilla stuff. Now you're stuff. vanilla. Yes, you're you're bad about. I right. know. But you're right. It's it's each person gets to be their own person and, and to have the confidence. And certainly I have someone who's still struggled with, with, with a massive doubt and, and not in just myself, but in everything mm. doubt and insecurity about the world. Of course you question those things and to be able to just have the, 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 the quietness of spirit to say, this is what I am and not even have to say more than That's that. That's it. Yeah. Not to explain it, not to understand it, not to defend it, just to be it. Yeah. And that's a, like that could take a lifetime of a mastery. <sighs> yeah, that's like almost the purpose of life. Almost, I it's think just, you're, because you're well said. Because I know, I was like, it is cut. weird because you you're a performer, you're a musician, you have a new album out, uh, which we'll talk about at the end. But uh, like that group mentality, that herd mentality, like Corinne and I perform stand up all the time, and and it's really interesting to me even to be in a crowd and to a crowd will do things that an individual won't do, mm-hmm. and you almost feel like. Um, like, you know, I've done things at a concert that I'm like, I like when everybody takes their lighters out or whatever. And I'm like, this is not anything I would normally do. But it's weird when a crowd does something and you're in that crowd, you just do it. <laughs> it's this weird thing. And you could control a crowd. You can, uh, you know, the crowd could be on your side or not. on your. And it's and it's there's not a lot of individuality. And I feel like people take that mentality over into life. That's is what happens. And, and like, they, well, yeah, they even with laughter, else is doing. You, you can. That's why you like sometimes you'll people bring like filler laughers because people even at a comedy show ah. feel uncomfortable laughing by themselves. We don't do this. It's guys. true. <laughs> we don't have the budget, really. <laughs> so and Kurt and I laugh really loud. Like comedians, I think, express like my version of good job is laughing mm. like, at a comic, obviously. But um, we comics have very verbose laughter, like very, my laughter is very loud. You'll hear it when I enter the room. And I, I guess I did that on purpose. I didn't really realize I was, but, but then when one person starts laughing at something, everybody gets going. And then sometimes I'll find myself laughing at something cause it sounds like it's funny, but I don't really get it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fucking idiot. I can relate to that too. <laughs> well, it, I, it, they say, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, that it's, it's wired into us in our, perception that if we see someone crying, we'll start to cry. I, 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 that happens to me all the time. Yeah. If I'm watching some TV show, even an ad or a movie, and I don't even know what's going on, I have no emotional investment or attachment to the character mm. and they're going through something. It might be a very emotional scene, but it, once there's cr- crying, especially if it's real, like a documentary, mm-hmm. I have no idea or no care about the concept, but the, once the, they start crying, I, I start to cry. Yeah. It's just, it happens. It's something we're wired to do. Hmm. And we're always looking for ways to connect uh, or to, to to recognize the connection that's already there. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we're we not losing our individuality in those group moments. We're almost reinforcing it by finding it in other people in a strange way. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a paradox. It's good to be in a crowd, though. It, it does. does. There's times for that. And we're always in a crowd. 
I mean, True. you can tell that, Life especially when you're crowd. in a city, but we're all here on the globe at the same time. It, it's, it's getting to be more crowded every day for, for better or worse. And well, maybe it's not, but the idea that, that we, we are each a universe into ourselves is not diminished by the fact that there's other universes, right? Totally. And when they say beautiful things, like it's all one, you know, this, this, these, these ancient concepts of oneness, the oneness exists as a singular person and as the oneness of the whole, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's all the same kind of one. True. Or something. <laughs> something <laughs> or, like that. Or something. Do you ever have like, um? you seem to be somebody who, if you want to take on a new skill or learn something new or just go jump into a project, you want it, you want to learn how to do it right and be the best, uh, or, you know, do it the best of your ability and figure out ways to get better at it. Do you have that same attitude towards sex? Like uh, Steven, <laughs> no. my boy, my boyfriend is someone no. who wants to be good at sex and he wants no. to like discover new things and do weird shit. And like he, wow. his curiosities with sexuality are drive him to like want to, you know, appreciate it, but also like see like, what can I do with it kind of thing with with my sexuality? Well, I never even thought about that. OK, so do you have um, like do, so that's you just, very admirable? I'm, I'm quite <laughs> impressed. I'm blown away by that approach. It's just attitude. Cu- honestly, it's just curiosity. It's just maintaining a sense of curiosity with sexuality. I think it's what it is of like, well, what what could we explore? What would we want to do? What is something that I don't know? Is there any do you have anything sexual that you're like, ah, that you would want to explore that you haven't yet? I mean, there may be the possibility. I, I think in this area I thought about, oh, well, when I'm much older, I'll save that. Or if I ever get burned out on this, that or the right. other, like I can allow myself to someday become debauched. I guess <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, you know, reading, you know, uh, like Marquis de Sade's books and things like that. You think, OK, wow, there's a whole bunch of things out there you can do if you need to, you know, yeah. if, if you can't get uh, satisfaction from, from what you're doing right now. But you know, it makes me think about food because we were just talking about cooking with these these food professionals. And I just always thought of food as kind of like, well, I have to eat. And it's not I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I don't care about it past a certain I, I feel like I'm focused on something else. And I like clothes. And and I there's been times I've been very interested in fashion. And, and, and my dad is obsessed with clothing and his father owned a haberdashery, like a men's clothing oh, cool. store. Yeah. And, and, but there's times when I just, I, I don't know, I, I don't have that much capacity, I think. Totally. What you I'm can't realizing. be obsessed with everything. You can't be passionate about every facet of your life because then it's like, some people do. You have to some, sleep. Well, some people, some people get really into sleeping and calculating how they can <laughs> get the most advanced sleep and how they're going to get the better. Totally. Right, you know, they take everything to that level. And I do admire that and, and admire to the point where I compare myself and say, gosh, should I be doing better? Should I be working hard? Should I be cooking special meals at home? And should I be going out and being interested in restaurants? And should I be going on mm-hmm. vacations and trips and exploring the world and doing all these things that I'm just not in? I, I, I'm only interested in doing what I'm doing with this. I, yeah. Well, I think that's I don't why you have yeah. too, because, you know, Even with I, sex. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it makes sense though, because there's so many causes in the world, right? Like yeah. when Corinne and I always talk about women's rights and feminism and uh, abortion rights and uh, equal pay and all this shit. And then, you know, I'll post something on Instagram about like we went to the went to the San Diego Zoo and we had a we did like this experience uh, ticket that they offer where you get to like be near the animals. Mm -hmm. And I posted a video because of this beautiful jaguar and all these people were commenting like, oh, anti zoo. And I'm like, I don't have it in me to give a shit about every cause. I, I can understand that they're important and I applaud people's passions. We need people passionate about all the causes. I don't have it in me to 
to be passionate about every single cause. It's impossible. I do think it's impossible and it's exhausting and it just sounds... Someone. My brain is already crowded. Mm-hmm. Also, so sometimes kind of people make shit up because zoos do a ton of conservation work. So, True. I mean, I can't with these people. Someone said to me, a very wise man, he meant it in a critical way, and I've since learned from it, that it's been said before, we each have so much light or power. And if you focus that light, it'll be very bright in a spot. And you can diffuse it a bit larger, maybe light up a few areas, mm-hmm. especially if they're in the similar vicinity. So if you're an artist, you could do sculpture and painting. But if you start to diffuse the light and spread it much farther, it'll be hard to distinguish between the shadow and the darkness and itself. And it blends in, yeah. It does. So it, it's not to say we can't take on a lot. It's not to say we can't spread ourselves and spread that light as vast as wide as we can or find ways to make the light source brighter and have more light to work with. Or maybe even ways to 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 have multiple pinpoints. Maybe there are people right. that had more than one pinpoint of light in them. But that really struck me, and I thought it may it, it related to how actually I felt. Like you're talking about, like I have, I feel like I want to be able to do more, but I I kind of realize I can't. I just I won't do a good job of those other things. Right. Even if I do care about them, how much energy, how much vitality do we each have? Even in how many hours are we going to even be awake? throughout all of life. What are we going to do within that when we're not eating, doing menial tasks and necessary chores uh, and cleaning the house and sleeping? These waking hours, we have a few every day. I think it's, if you really break it down, probably two a day, and I'm probably spending them with you right now, right? That we can actually do something mm-hmm. that, well, that can thank amount you, to something. Well, you're, you're welcome <laughs> and thank honor. you. But that actually amounts to something and, and, and has the potential, that slim, slim one in a million chance of actually making some kind of an impact in a positive way. Yeah. So that, and that's it. And if you can find something that resonates with you where you're drawn to it to do that kind of work of focus, then maybe we don't need to doubt ourselves and think, oh, well, maybe I should also be doing that. And I should, I should care about that. And you can care. I think that's one of the magical things about the human spirit is it does have the capacity to care about everything. But as far as taking physical action, the, the body is, is, is quite small and frail, as we know. It's, it's very powerful and it has a lot of ability. And it's a, it's a magical vehicle that we get to navigate this world with, but it can only do so much no matter how big our heart is. <sighs> Damn. <laughs> you just crush it at talking. You really do. Uh, and singing. So you have oh. a new album and what is it called and how can we get it? It's called You're Not Alone and you should be able to get it anywhere and everywhere. That's the beauty of uh, technology these days, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you want it, it's there. Get and the album cover... Want was painted by Boris and Julie. Yes. And the, the documentary piece that Steven did on it. Oh my God. It was so, oh, I love them. Yeah, I, and I love, love how excited you had the story about you. You loved those comic book paintings or those, those paintings of <laughs> that they used to do. And then you recognize their name and then somebody, it was, they, it was an award show, right? That they were responsible for the poster. Yes. The cover is so good. Oh, thank you. And I thanks love to it. them. Thanks to Boris Vallejo and Julie Bell, the power couple of fantasy yeah. art. Um, and I love when an artist puts attention to detail. That's one of the many reasons that I love Beyonce is because like she looks at every element of her career and she the attention to detail in the smallest areas are it's so impressive. And it and it just it just adds to the whole package. And I think you're an artist that does that as well. And well, I really think it's cool. That's very kind of you to say. Thank you. And you said you haven't come out with a, an album in, in 10 years. Is that 
10 years is a good estimation, depending how you look at it. it well, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. Many years. Yeah. Many years. A long time. So yeah. why now? And why does it, do you, does it inspire you? The or? will of the party gods. I have turned Hell myself yeah. over to them as we've been talking about. <laughs> right. And one of the, the, the great things that comes with that is I'm always surprised when things happen and what happens and how it happens. As far as why it happens, you'd have to ask them because I have no idea. I didn't even realize that 10 years had gone by. That oh. <laughs> was a horrifying realization. I thought I'd just mm. been a few. I, we, we, you were I too was, busy having fun. I was too busy partying <laughs> in the best way. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's no particular logical reason. It's just how what happens when you party very hard. And your music is your music is so uplifting and it's it's just you could put it on and listen to it in any no matter what mental state you're in. That's why I like your music a lot is that you can it can bring you to a more heightened state, even well, if even you. if you're upset or whatever. It just like chills you out when you're pissed and it just makes you happier when you're already joyful. And thank you. It's just I'm glad music. that you feel that's that's the point of it. That's exactly why I made it first and foremost for myself. Yeah. I, I, music was the one consistent, reliable thing in my life from childhood mm. that changed the way I felt for the better every time. That's awesome. Every time. And I really mean that to this day, that the darkest, worst moment I ever had, I couldn't fully give myself over to everything sucks because music, music. Wow. could not could not withstand uh, my, my doubt. I mean, it could withstand my doubt. Pardon me. Music could withstand even my most severe negativity with, with ease, kind of with like yeah. a, a laugh and a pat on the back. Like, Oh, yeah. nice try. You tried to dismantle music. And then it would, <laughs> you know, I could just think of a song and, and, and not just appreciate the mood or the feeling, but, but my body would change, you mm -hmm. know, it would, it made me a different version of myself for the better. So yeah. music is very powerful. Oh, it's, force. It, it, it really is. Well, thank you for creating it. And thank you for, for being on the yes. show. Thank you we for really having me. It. I really enjoyed getting to, 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 I learned a lot today. Cool. Good. So did we. Yeah, this was very good. And, and where do you have, a, you have a website? It's andrewwk.com. That's correct. Okay, perfect. And that's where people can find where you're going to be yes, on the road. Yes, tour dates and, and the album and t-shirts about partying and a lot of other stuff. <laughs> awesome. So visit andrewwk.com. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Guys We Fucked the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday.
show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that enables you to improve your mental health from anywhere at any time. Get matched with a licensed therapist from over 2,000 choices and message them whenever you need to. No commutes and no judgments. For a special offer for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com slash GWF and use code GWF to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this show. Talkspace, it's therapy for how we live today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.